You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. Welcome, listeners, to episode 339 of Geeky Show Ever. How did we get here? How did we get here? How did we? Get I don't know. I, I don't remember what I walked in the kitchen for five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. We are of a certain age. So, a certain age, a certain vintage. Yeah. So did you want to like let us, you know, fill us in on how the distance learning is going with the kids? Oh, do I have to? No, I'm just kidding. No, we can go <laughs> of on. Of course, talk I would love else. to. <laughs> Oh, this is the stuff I've been living and breathing and eating, I feel like. Uh, but you know what? That, that's just it. And we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show about our, our histories and stuff. But this is the kind of stuff that I do thrive on. I really, I, I'm not as stressed about it as maybe other parents are. I, I kind of identified this these last two weeks, you know, I was thinking about because I was feeling stressed, but I couldn't figure out exactly what was stressing me out. And I figured out that what was stressing me out was watching other people and and hearing you know you know people talk about on Facebook and social media and reading all these articles and you know looking at what's going on in, in the virtual classrooms and we had our back to school nights that's where you know for people who don't have kids that's where the teachers will you know typically when before coronavirus we would all go to the school at a certain time in the evening and the teachers would have you know their tables laid out and they would have a presentation and they would basically go over what your child is going to be learning and you know answer any questions that you have so of course that's happening virtual now so we had those um these last two weeks um within a couple days of each other one for my for my now freshman i have to get used to saying that he's a freshman that is just so weird he's a freshman <laughs> and then He's a freshman. He's a ninth grader. Sometimes oh they say ninth grade just gosh. to make myself feel a little bit. He's a freshman. Wow. A freshman. Wow. My baby's a freshman. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, it gets you too, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, then my other little one's a fifth grader. So we had fifth grade back to school night and freshman back to school night. So, you know, just thinking about, I mean, the teachers are honest and, you know, they're saying, you know, this is all new to them. Not all of it, but a lot of it is new to them and they're figuring things out. And, you know, you can just, you can tell they're, they're not trying to let on that they're frustrated, but I've, I've seen it like in the virtual classroom. I can see the kind of frustrations and some of the things that, that they have to iron out. And it's just, that's just what it is. That's, that's the nature of it. But it's that frustration that I feel it's like a, like something that I sense that other people are frustrated with technology. You know, you always hear people talk about like you you probably have a you've probably even said it yourself. I know, you know, I may have said it at a time or two, depending on the device, but you say, I'm ready to chuck this fill in the blank out the window, right? You've oh, probably yeah. we, said that about something. We've all been there. Everybody everybody has been there with something. And I kind of equate it to, and it, I guess it's what keeps me humble about technology and what gives me my sense of patience with people is that, you know, if it was a problem with my car or some other some other mechanically engineered thing or some other technological device, something that I use that automates things in my life. And if I get frustrated with it, of course I get frustrated with it. And I just think, oh, this POS or, you know, I want to throw it out the window or you know, this isn't working. And I know what it feels to get frustrated about something. But when it comes to most technology, as far as our devices, computers, tablets, smartphones, printers, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, have you ever seen Office Space? Do you remember that? Do you remember the the part where they took the printer out back and they 
they beat it up with a baseball bat. No. <laughs> that cathartic movie. Oh, you have to see it. It's 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 a really great like a it's one of those those classic movies for nerds, you know. But there's this part where they all get so frustrated with the printer. And if you've ever worked in an office atmosphere or in a cubicle farm, that's what a lot of it is centered around is working in a cubicle farm. And I've had those life experiences. And that printer is that one thing that everybody's like, it's so frustrated with because it just doesn't work. And, you know, so there's always these office humor jokes about printers. So printer, a printer is one of those things that people always want to chuck out the window, you know, but even with printers, because I've serviced them so many times, I mean, it used to be my job as a technician to, you know, either I would service the printer myself and, you know, it could be something as simple as because people just didn't know taking the cartridge out and shaking it and putting it back in and then it would print fine. You know what I mean? Just something as simple as that. But these are just, you know, kind of techniques that you learn along with the job. Right. And then if it really was super egregious, like it was a, an actual broken piece, then, you know, you'd have to outsource and you'd have to go find somebody that would fix it. So that's just to say that, you know, I have the type of life experience that when it comes to devices and technology, my first reaction is to not get so ticked off about it. it it's not to get so frustrated that it raises my blood pressure. I kind of, you know, I'm just calm about it. And I just kind of think things through and, and I look at problems as an opportunity and I think, oh, this is an interesting problem. And, you know, I want to learn how to solve this because to me, it's an adventure along the way and I might figure something else out that, that helps me with some other tasks down the road. So to me, it's an opportunity, but to other people, it's like, just fix it. Just just fix it already or I'm going to throw it out the window, you know? And that's that that sense of dread and that sense of frustration that I'm feeling that that other people are experiencing with this, this new uh, interruption to how we're used to doing things, you know? And so I look at it as an opportunity, but watching the teachers get frustrated with their filing systems and, you know, how do I okay, here's all these worksheets <laughs> that, that I'm used to just handing out to the kids and, you know, okay, take out your pencils, here's your worksheet, put your name on it, put your date on it, you know, write out the, the answers, fill out the blanks, color in the circles, write the essay question, fill in the blank, you know, all that kind of stuff, and then turn them in. Or the other situation is, you know, here's a worksheet and you need to do math, okay? So you have to, you know, add these numbers together and write out this algebraic equation, okay? Or, here's a composition that I want you to write. Here's a writing prompt. You know, here's the question. You need to answer it full sentences. You know, use your your best grammar, punctuation, spelling, all that kind of stuff. And oh, by the way, I want to see all the mistakes that you're making. So you have to use pen. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that they're doing in, at the ages that my kids are. So how do you digitize that? How do you go from analog to digital? And of course, they're kind of frustrated with it, like, you know, we've not done this before, or maybe we have, but it's in a very limited scope. Or the other problem that I'm seeing is that, and I know your son as a teacher is probably going through this too. Okay, teachers, here's this new product that we just bought. You know, we we used our tax dollars to invest in this new LMS, and that's a, a learning management system. And this is, or, you know, say Google Apps for Education or Google Drive, um, you know, this is where, or Google Classroom, this is where you as a teacher have to store all your stuff. And this is where you have to take those worksheets and figure out a way to make it so that kids' distance learning can fill them out, can do them, can complete them, and then you can grade it and then give them a grade for it. And then you can see what they're learning, how they're learning it, what they need improvement on, what they've mastered, right? That's kind of 
that's that's in a, a nutshell. I mean, I'm I'm not a professional teacher like my husband is. I teach other things, but that's kind of what I've what I've absorbed from this. And so now they're struggling with, okay, well, how do I how do we get all these kids equitably? How, you know, some kids have access to these tools, some kids don't. You know, if you're a one-to-one school, every kid has a Chromebook. Okay, great, but you give them all a computer, so so all the kids have equal access to the technology, but they don't have equal access to the connectivity. So that's one big thing that I'm really seeing a lot of is struggling with, you know, some kids' webcams don't work. Well, the webcam, the actual camera inside of the Chromebook might be functioning fine, but they don't have the bandwidth that supports the video processing, right? And so then it's either really glitchy or they, they, it freezes, you know, so then the teacher's struggling with, well, how do I check in on this kid when I can't really see, I can't see what's going on, you know? And then the other thing I've noticed too is the littler kids are pretty good about if they can get the technology to work, even if it's crappy bandwidth, they at least try, they show up. I mean, and this is just my limited scope of, you know, my own personal observation. Um, the, as far as the, the fifth graders, you know, the younger kids, it's very, the classes are well attended. You know, most of the kids all show up. You can see most of the kids. They're all, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, they're in front of their camera. Um, sometimes it's glitchy. Other times it's, it's, it's great. Um, but then the older the kids get, then that's where it's like, oh, they're teenagers and they don't want to, they don't want their peers to see them with their bed head or, you know, as much as the teachers try to try to say it's fine, it's okay. It's not okay to them. So then you see a lot of like black screens with their names on them. <laughs> That's all you get to see. So, so this is, oh God, there's just, so when we check in on this, like this is what I'm seeing now is that there's, there's just, it, there's not a whole lot of consistency. And that is the thing that you almost kind of want to check out the window is like how that's the thing that's frustrating is I guess as humans, like we want consistency, we crave it. We want to know what to expect. And right now that is hit or miss is what it seems like. It seems like we don't know exactly what to expect all the time. So what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to, um, you know, like I offered some help to one of the teachers. I said, I have some ideas about how to say, you know, you have this composition notebook that you want them to write in, but you want them to submit it so that it can be graded. You know, it has to be uploaded to, to something. And so what we came up with, and, and we'll see if this works, and she was pretty cool with the idea, is that we would make a Google Doc and he would, you know, we would, I showed him, I formatted it for him so that each new entry is like a new prompt or, you know, whatever it is that she wants him to write in there. And it's dated and, and all that kind of stuff. But then the, the question was, well, you want to be able to see how he's writing and what mistakes he's making. So I asked her and she agreed that I should just turn off, you know, disable in that he's using Google Docs for this and you could do it in Word or what other software application you're using for word processing. But I offered to disable the what I call crutches like spell check and capitalization and grammar checks and things like that because yes he know he needs to know how to use those tools and and those are really important tools but at this age and this stage in his development I personally feel like and I think the teacher agrees that he still needs to learn how to spell things correctly and and when to recognize when something isn't spelled correctly you know he needs to he needs to be seeing as he's writing and do a personal, you know, on his own, go back and reread proof what he wrote. Oh, yeah, I missed a capital, you know, capital letter on there. Or, oh, that word doesn't, now that I read it again, I don't think I spelled that right. Or, mm, you know, that wasn't the right gram- grammatical use. Or, yeah, oh, there, there, I, I missed there. a punctuation. 
exactly. And he's not there yet with that in, in his learning. He, he's about to be learning that, but he still needs to be able to recognize those mistakes and he doesn't quite have those skills just yet. And I feel like just using a word processing tool is going to hinder that if it's constantly telling him what the mistakes are. Sure, it's great that it gives him the opportunity to correct it, but I wanted him to be able to go back and proof it himself and recognize when there's a mistake. And then like once he's got some practice of, of that under his belt, then then we can turn those features back on and you know, then it'll just make the, his writing that much more efficient. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do you think that you would do it that way too? Oh, it makes total sense. I mean, the kids have to learn how they had to, they have to learn to recognize there, there, and there, two, two, and two. Mm -hmm. And like you said, recognize, hmm, that word doesn't look right. There's something wrong. Maybe it's spelled wrong. Maybe it's the present tense and the rest of the sentence is in past tense. So mm -hmm. it needs to be altered. And you know, and then if they're not, that if, if those, mm -hmm. you know, hints are on, if you have the, gr yeah. the grammar and things on. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was important to at least, you know, communicate to the teacher face to face, at least we could over Zoom that, you know, I think this is important. I want you to know that I think this is important. I don't want my kid to take the easy way out. You know, I really want him to learn and I want him to have challenges. I want him to struggle with this so that he learns because if he's going and he's typing stuff up and he doesn't have those tools on and he's missing out and he's not catching those mistakes constantly, well, then that'll be a a red flag for the teacher, she'll see right there, oh, well, you know, he really consistently struggles with capitalization or punctuation or, you know, possessive pronouns, things like that. And then that could be addressed. And I think that's the whole point of the exercise. Um, and then my other concern was like, well, I think that they might be getting past the, the time where they're, by now, like the kids should know how to write their letters. Like they should have actual handwriting um, solidified in place, you know, so that that's not such a constant issue. So I was thinking, well, does she want to see his handwriting and how he's forming the letters? And I think that's probably not as important now, not because handwriting is not important, but because in the scope of what they're learning, that's lower of a priority now because it should be, because by now he should be any, and my, my child, I mean, he's fine. It's not like it's the best handwriting. It could be better, but it gets the job done. You know, and it's legible and it's readable and that sort of thing. So I think we're okay when it comes to that. So, um, you know, just checking in on, on where we are with distance learning. Those are the some of the things I want to bring up to think about ways to digitize paper worksheets and how to get them into a format that the kids can still, quote unquote, fill them out and submit them to the teacher. Now, there's, of course, there's always, you know, the down and dirty way, which is how I'll explain it, is that, yeah, you can just print out the worksheet or, you know, pretty soon the teacher is going to be making workbooks and other materials available that we can go then pick up and then the kids can actually write on them. Those are consumables and they're totally fine with the kids filling out the worksheets or the workbooks in this case and taking a picture and then uploading the picture and they're fine with that. But I still like the idea of, and we'll probably do that a lot, but, but I, what I really wanted to showcase is how to annotate PDFs. And so what I'm what I'm seeing is that the teachers will they'll have a worksheet and some of them will take a picture of it because maybe they don't know about PDFs like that's just not something that they've had to use a lot or they don't know how to get something from one format or one file format into another and so the easiest way that they know how to do it is just to take a picture of it or lay it or I've actually seen this too they'll they'll photocopy it right they'll take the workbook you know and workbooks are really 
are tricky because you have to like push down on them because they have the spine, you know, right, and try to right. flatten them. And so they'll photocopy it so that they can get it, you know, a flat page like on two pages or something. And then they'll take a picture of that and upload it, you know, or something like that. So, I mean, there's just all these different ways that you can go about of it. And none of them are, are necessarily wrong. Like there's not really a wrong way to do this. I just think that there are better ways to do it and maybe more efficient ways to do it. And that's what I think a lot of people are trying to work on is, okay, we're just going to do what we know how to do and then we'll figure it out as we go along. And that's kind of where we're at with things. And so I see that happening and I say, okay, yeah, I see you did it that way, but what if we did it this way? And that's what I've, what I've been focusing on is, you know, trying to, to figure out why, why this way works, but this way could work better. And so then I, I, you know, made some suggestions about how we can use, like I said, Google Docs would replace basically the paper composition notebook. And then as far as worksheets, there's ways that you can take a picture. If you, if that's all you have and you take a picture with your phone, it's an image. It's a JPEG file. And I found this tool that I wanted to recommend, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's called Doc Hub. And there is a, there's a free version and there's a paid version. And the free version is going to be fine for most students because um, I think when you look at what the offerings are, I think you have a limit of like 2,000 documents. And that's probably just fine for most kids' uses. So I think it's going to be fine to just use you know that, that tool. And the way that I discovered this was on my child's Chromebook, when I was trying to evaluate, okay, here's this picture, I want him to annotate it. I want him to actually be able to draw on it and fill it out but I wanted to convert it into a PDF because yeah, you could draw on a JPEG. You could use the drawing program, but it's not as nice as having it in a PDF. It's easier to add, you know, with the text tool, you can just click it and add a block of text. It's just a lot easier to work with it in a PDF format. And so I thought, well, how am I going to convert this? Well, wouldn't you know it, if you right click on it right there in the menu, it says, do you want to convert this, this document? You know, here's, here's some tools that we'll recommend. And that was the tool that was recommended. And when I looked at it, of course, I was like, well, am I even going to be able to, quote unquote, install this or activate it? And it was, it must have been something that the admin, like, blessed, so to speak. And that's the other thing that you can run into is that a lot of times these devices that are managed by the school, excuse me, they'll have certain things disabled and you can't activate plugins and stuff. So that might be a, a place that you might run into trouble. But in this instance, it worked. And uh, you can evaluate uh, drive plugins and extensions and things like that. And this was one that was, that was pretty vetted. I mean, it looked like it was recommended. It had, you know, so many thousands and thousands of stars and reviews and things like that. So I figured that it was probably a pretty good tool to use. And so that's what we have been using when there's an image, a JPEG that needs to be converted to a PDF. Like I said, if it's a picture of a worksheet, you can then convert it into a PDF and then you can annotate it and then you can either, you can keep it within their file structure or what I've been having him do is just have him download it into his Google Drive and then that way the file is stored there and he can upload it to the LMS or, you know, share it or whatever it is that the teacher wants them to do at the time. So, so PDFs and image files was one thing that we worked on, digitizing things. Um, so let me interrupt you for a mm -hmm. second. Is this sure. something that only Keegan is using or that you recommended to the teacher? I recommended it to actually wrote a note to the, to the vice principal because she asked me about PDFs. I recommended it to her. This is something that kids can use on their Chromebooks. It's something you and I could use too, but it's a, um, it's a, I guess it's a Google, it's not a Google product, but it's something that hooks into Google Chrome. Right. right. 
Because, so something that you can use to drive. Yeah, because my son, he starts tomorrow with the kids, and he's nervous, not because of the teaching. He's just worried about internet connection, um, mm-hmm. just because it's just so bad where he is. But yeah. I have recommended different things to him along the way because he's been using me as his guinea pig to make sure, mm-hmm. make sure <laughs> that everything <laughs> he's using is working correctly and his setup is good. But the thing is, he has to do things as a fifth grade. So if I yep. said to him, like, I will send him a link to this. And if he goes, oh, I really like this, he can't use it by himself. It has to be used by all mm-hmm. the fifth grade teachers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was wondering if you would recommend it as, to a, as a group of teachers. Keegan's teacher. And if she said, oh, yeah, i like to use this, can she use it just for her class? Or does it have to be used by the entire fifth grade? It, it looks like it's an individual thing that you have to activate. So, you know, they would probably have to, if they decided to use this or recommend that this is, this is the way we're going to do things, then they probably have to send out instructions like, you know, go here, go here, click this. And then once you do that, it's done. It's, you know, or it's probably, I'm guessing, and if, if a listener can correct me if I'm wrong or I can probably investigate this later, it could be one of those things that the administration or the teacher or somebody who has the ability to push things out, because I know that there's plugins and things like that that can be enabled on a you know district wide basis. So the ad you know, the admin, the IT support staff can say, Okay, this is one that we have quote unquote blessed. Like this is one that we have said, Yes, we want the, the kids to have access to this tool. So that that could be something that that could be part of it as well. But again, you know, teachers are going to have to say, you know, I really like this tool. Can you make it widely distributed? Can you can you roll it out? Can you deploy it? That's the word I was looking for. Can you deploy it to the rest of the students that they don't have to do anything? And it just shows up as one of the options when they right click on the document. So that that's what I would suggest. But yeah, I mean, he's going to have to try it out and and see, you know, hmm, do my do my kiddos have the skills to be able to navigate this? And it, you know, I think they can probably do it. So it's definitely one that I would check out and evaluate. You know, we're spoiled on the Mac because, and that's how, you know, my kids have Chromebooks, but we also have old Macs. And the funny thing is, you know, the Chromebooks are only what, you know, two, three, probably two or three years old. But the Macs that they're each using are almost as old as they are. They're, you know, within the 10 year old range and they like them and they work a lot better than the Chromebooks. Um, so there's something to be said for, you know, you get what you pay for when it comes to that. And unfortunately the, I mean, it's no dig on the schools at all. It's just that it is what it is. Like they, they only have so much budget and this is, this is what they could afford. And it's, it's really kind of sad that a 10 year old computer could beat out a two or three year old crappy Chromebook. (laughs) That's my opinion though. But, um, so there, you know, where there is a will, there is a technical way that you can, you can get one of these things to work for you. So that was the tool that I found for for digitizing worksheets. And then, um, let's see, the other things that I noticed as far as, I've been trying to take notes and observations. I'm still not seeing kids wearing headphones. Um, a new thing that we did discover with Keegan, at least, um, he he did get a new spiffy headset that he that he found. And I was so proud of him. He, he found it on Amazon, of course. Like, they have their own little wish lists and um, I told him, I said, you know, if you really want a new headset, I want you to pick it out. And he did. Like, he spent time reading the reviews, you know, looking at the stars and reading all about it, and all the specs and everything. And he picked one out and we ordered it. And he's really, really happy with it. It's really padded. What I'm noticing with, uh, I mean, I just do it even with podcasting or when I'm listening to stuff, having earbuds in your ears starts to hurt after a while, depending on on how your ears are. And having good equipment for your ears is, is really crucial. And my husband 
um, luckily we've been we've been collecting some donations and stuff from people, and I'm really grateful for that. And I'm going to put a little care package together. And one of them was a, a headset that I think that will fit my husband because he's been using earbuds too, and like he's having them in his ears for hours. And I know it's it's hurting him, you know. So I'm going to see if the over the ear might work for him too. But I think I mentioned before the problem is with the little kids, their ear holes are too small. So I've been trying to gather over the ear headsets for them. So I'm working on putting together a donation for that. And um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they'll use them and, and they'll they'll wear them. But like I was going to say with, with Keegan, even though he has this great padded, cushy headset, the problem that he has is he wears glasses. And he's, I don't know, he, he could take or leave his glasses. We want him to wear his glasses, but he's not wild about them. And so we we have to see if maybe his prescription has changed or something. But he he said he would like to wear them, but then they dig into the sides of his head. Mm-hmm. So that's Which a consideration. To me I'm right happy now. And the other Did thing it? is, <laughs> I have three piercings in my ear, and oh, I've got no. I've got the back two, the middle and the back one. I always have in diamond studs, so the back oh. of the earring pushes into the back of my ear. You know, right behind oh, boy. my ear. So yeah, little girls have their ears pierced. Oh yeah, yeah. And I know, like some kids wear their hair but a ponytail. So, you know, I think headphones are really important. But I can see why some of the kids aren't wearing them. But I at least want to try to make the offer that, you know, if you're having trouble focusing or there's noise behind you, then you know you probably want to use a headset. I know the other thing too is that the teachers are struggling to hear some of the kids because when you when you look at the settings, you know, you you open up a Chromebook and in the in the hardware settings, you could adjust the volume of the the output, you know, the volume that you're coming out of it, and then the microphone volume. And of course, those are set by default, and they're probably like in the middle or something. But then there's also, when you use the Zoom app, then there's settings in the Zoom preferences that you have to look at. And, you know, we go through this with, with Skype. Just when we started the call, I was like, all right, I was using some other tool, and now i got to switch my microphone back to, you know, what it was here. And but the kids don't necessarily know that. And some of the teachers don't know that that's a thing. They don't know that that's an option. So really, a lot of it has to do with exploring the preferences or the properties on a, on a PC. You know, look at what settings you can change to make something maybe a little bit better. Um, and microphone volume is going to be one of those things. You don't want to have it up too high so that when you speak, it's not blown out of everybody's eardrums. But you don't want to have it set to maybe the middle or too low because then the teacher can't hear. So, so headphones and just hearing and sound settings and microphone setups and things like that are are, are an issue that I think is still going to take a while to iron out. But they're but they're doing it. You know, I've seen teachers say, you know, I can't hear you, and you know, they're really kind about it. Like, oh, you know, you're glitching or something like that. Just type it in the chat. So there's a lot of um, these kids are all going to be learning how to type a lot faster, I think, because they're they're having to use the chat feature to answer questions and you know, show that they're engaged and stuff like that. So I think that's interesting. Uh, what was now, the other getting thing? Getting back to the headphones, like right now I'm wearing the mm-hmm. canned headphones, the over-the-ear the over mm-hmm. the ear headphones. The only time I ever wear them is for podcasting. If I'm listening mm-hmm. to a podcast or anything else, I have my wireless beats. And I just feel like that this mm-hmm. is just for me. I just mm-hmm. feel like when I'm wearing the over-the-head earphones, headphones, I feel like I'm more focused. I'm Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to pay attention to what's in front of me and not Mm -hmm. pay attention to what's around me. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I really think that it helps the kids too. I mean, just what I've seen with my own family, all, you know, and all of us are wearing headphones. 
um, you know, they're in school, so it's not like they're going to be missing out on something. And if I, if I could do go to talk to him, you know, he can see me or a lot of times, oh, you know what? I just thought of that. That's another tool that I've been using is uh, there's times when I want to say something to one of the kids, but I don't want to interrupt their classes. And they're so used to like a notification or, you know, kids these days, they are multitasking now. <laughs> It, there's there's a lot of discussion on this with whether or not this is good for them or bad for them, and I'm still I'm still trying to evaluate it because at first I thought, oh my god, you just need to focus on the thing you're focusing on, but I know that kids these days they they like to be hearing music in the background, they like to have a chat window open, they like to be chatting with their friends. I mean, they're they're constantly multitasking and they're using multiple screens, and we used to think that that was horrible, but now I think we're learning a little bit more that that's how they work. And I mean, look at us. I mean, I I have two monitors and I've got all these different windows open because I'm monitoring a bunch of things at the same time. So why should it be any different for them with their education, especially when it's all digitized now? So I say, you know, I'm letting them kind of figure out what works for them. If they need to have a chat window open here on this screen or they need to use an iPad or their phone or whatever, that's fine. And so that's to say that I know that when I need to communicate with them, they might not get the text that I sent. So if I go in there, what I've been doing is using an app on my phone. I have a couple different that I'm trying out, so I won't mention one specifically just yet, but I will use an app that is uh, like it has big words on it or big text, you know, black background with white letters. And I'll type out the message that I want to show them and I'll just show it to them. And then they can give me a nod, you know, yes or no or something like that. So that's something that I've been using to communicate with them without trying to disrupt what they're doing at the time so that they can stay focused on paying attention to the teacher. Um, let's see. So the other big thing is uh, watching the kids have to sit in their chairs in front of a screen for a long periods of time. That's kind of painful. And I feel bad because, you know, I'm I'm up and walking around. I'm, you know, in and out of the room and doing housework and, you know, just kind of like trying to be available, getting people. <laughs> the, the other day I thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to like role play here. I'm just going to pretend like I'm an office assistant. So I got my husband and his coffee and I got the kids their water, you know, I'm just trying to, to help out, just trying to fill in. And then, of course, there's times when I need to sit down and I need to work. But uh, I have the luxury of being able to get up and move around and, you know, I'm all over the place. Whereas the three of them, my husband and my two kids. They're kind of stuck there in front of the computer sitting. I mean, my husband, I know his back is starting to ache. That's another thing that I'm that I'm seeing is, and I'm and I'm concerned for the kids. They're young, and they have young spines and young bones, you know. But but it's gonna start to catch up with them. It's gonna creep up on them eventually. And I'm really concerned with the amount of sitting that they're doing in front of a screen. So I'm constantly nagging them about getting out and getting away from the computer for recess and lunch. And they're really not happy with it because that's when they want to play their video games. And I think I said this last time too. I just, I really want to try to encourage them to take a break, but within, you know, some reason, of course they want to play and that is their way of playing. They don't have recess with their friends right now. We're still trying to figure out how to communicate with kids and, and get the, you know, a nicer, a little bit of a nicer lunch break, a little bit of a nicer recess going where they're socializing. So we're still working on that. Um, so I wanted to bring up the idea of fidgets. Now, I don't know about your kids, but but my kids are fidgety. They are just, you know, part of it's ADHD, part of it's, you know, just the way that they're they're wired in their brains. But and I, I think part of it is just I don't think developmentally it's appropriate to expect kids to sit still in one place for this amount of time. I mean, the older, you know, my older son is able to do it more and more because he's older. And I think he, I don't know, just 
part of his development. He's like there and, you know, developmentally wise. But my younger one, he's just, he's like a little squirrel and he's I'm constantly. Not and I, I'm a, I'm a oh, my, even my husband's that's like, true. Will you sit still. I, I can't sit still. I always, I'm constant motion. I cannot sit still. Well, and, and me too. I mean, and that's why I said I have the luxury that I can get up and, you know, move around because I can't sit still. It's like literally painful for me. But it, so I feel bad for everybody that's, you know, stuck there just sitting. So I have been trying to work on, and the teachers are good about it. Like they, especially even in my, 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 my freshman's grade, um, the teachers are good about not making everything about being on Zoom. Like there is some asynchronous stuff going on. Like it, it seemed like it was going to start out that, you know, nope, these classes are going to be synchronized no matter what. And then it kind of morphed into, mm, we don't have to synchronize, you know, with Zoom all the time, but they do have to be submitting assignments by a certain time. And then that's how their attendance is being checked because they're they're doing the work and submitting it. But where they do that work now can change because, you know, then he can go out and sit on the couch or when the weather gets nicer, he can go outside. I mean, he could take a device outside and still work on it and submit it from out there so that he doesn't have to be stuck in that one place all the time. So those are those are some things that I'm thinking about as to how do we get a little bit more flexibility and movement. But so far as it is with fifth grade, you know, they have to be you know, there in front of the computer. And like this last week was a little bit of uh, diagnostic testing. And that was kind of boring because then they, they still had to be there because it's a test. And so how do you proctor a test remotely, right? I mean, that's that's a whole other ball game right there. So uh, he was really fidgety. So I have a list of some, some things that I've been putting together for fidgets. And this is kind of an accommodation thing that I learned from my older son who has ADHD. And so I've been collecting things like stretchy bands, Velcros. Um, if, if you have you ever tried, uh, have you ever had a sequined, like a purse or a vest or something that has sequins on it? Have you seen these things that you you pet them one way and it changes color and then you oh, pet yes, it the other way? Yes, yes. Those are amazing sensory tools. If you ever if you ever see those for kids, get them uh, because they they really tend to like those. So we have a couple of those little like armbands, and so he can you know touch that. Um, I also took one of his game controllers, you know, it has the, the little toggles and the buttons on it and it's not plugged into anything. It's not hooked up, but it's something that he can press, you know. Um, and then I have what's called grounding tools. So this is something that that we've learned through therapy is um, grounding exercises. When you get really frustrated, like I was talking about earlier, when you're so frustrated about the technology and you just want to throw things out the window or you want to take that mouse and just chuck it at your screen and, you know, then you won't have anything. That would be bad. So a grounding exercise that, that we've done, have you ever heard of this? It's a mindfulness technique no, where you take no, a deep breath. So they call it five, four, three, two, one. And the list goes that it's five things that you can see. So you take a deep breath and you look around and you pick five things that you can see. And you kind of just name them. You can name them out loud or just you know make note of it inside your head. And then you take another deep breath and then you pick out four things that you can touch. And so that's where these fidgets come into play because then they're things that you can actually handle. So the mindfulness part is that you're not supposed to be focused on what's troubling you, you're supposed to be redirected and thinking about, okay, these these sequins feel really soft, or this Velcro feels really scratchy, or this band feels really stretchy, you know? So something, four things that you can touch. And then three things that you can hear. Well, you know, you've got your headphones in, so you might hear the teacher talking, or you might just stop for a second. Can you hear any birds singing? Can you hear, you know, mom having a conversation in the other room? Or can you, you know, maybe just like uh, touch something that makes a noise? So then those are three things that you can hear. And then two things that you can smell. So 
you know, that's kind of difficult. I don't let the kids, you know, eat at their desk. At least I try not to. So how are you going to pick out two things that you can smell? Where do you, well, I smell socks in the laundry or something. That's not very pleasant. So I put together a little snack bag, and this is something that, that people can try. And, uh, you know, I have some essential oils in, in my cupboard. So I took out some lemons, some peppermint, you know, things like that. And you could do it with herbs or something that smells good and just put it in a little bag. And for for this um, demonstration, I I took a snack bag and I got cotton balls and I just put a couple of drops of different uh, scents, different oils on each cotton ball and I put them in the little Ziploc bags. And so then he has two things that he can smell. So that's for the number two. So he can pick out a cotton ball, smell it. That's also gets him taking a deep breath, you know, cleansing breath and uh, then focus on those two things. And then the last thing is something that you can taste. Well, if you don't have any snacks at your desk, so so I did make a little a little baggie and I just put things in there like Tic Tacs or breath mints or Smarties or, you know, just some kind of little his braces so he can't have gummy bears, but something in there that he could taste, you know, something that he could just take out of the bag and then he could taste that. So it's five, four, three, two, one, five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And you're supposed to be breathing in between each one. So is everybody asleep now? <laughs> so that's our, our grounding exercise that we do. And that's something that, you know, they can do in their chair or they can stand up. But it's, it's just some way that they can kind of take a break at the computer. So that is my check-in on distance learning. That's, that's where we're at this week. I'm so happy that I don't have kids in school. <laughs> I mean, you feel old having a child in ninth grade. My youngest yeah. just turned 30. 30. Well, all my kids, mm. all my kids are in their 30s. It's like, when mm. the hell did that happen? When did it happen? <laughs> because I'm not a whole lot older Can't than please? them. So I'm not quite sure when all that happened. <laughs> well, it must have happened somewhere along the line when you when you decided to become such a geek. So why don't you segue into your history of, of how you became to be what, what, what makes you a geek, Elisa? Okay, so back in the early 1990s, I had heard of Apple. I was in high school. Yeah. I was married, had all my kids, because <laughs> I'm a lot older than you. We've already established that. <laughs> um, I, I had heard of Apple and I'd heard of Microsoft, but I didn't know anything about one or the other. It's like, I don't really know what Apple is all about. I didn't really know what Microsoft and Windows was all about other than they were just two operating systems. So in 1992, my oldest son was going into second grade, first grade, second grade, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I said to my husband, you know, we really need to get a computer for the kids because, as you know, there's computers in the classrooms and they're going to start learning. They, they're taking keyboarding lessons, you know, as, as early as kindergarten, they were learning how to use the keyboard and they're going to need it to do their homework. We really do need to buy a, a computer. And he goes, yeah, you're right. But again, like I said, I didn't know the difference between Apple and Windows. Which one do I buy? So I asked someone I knew who had experience with computers and he said, Buy the Apple product. Hmm. So that's, you got lucky. You picked the right person to listen to. <laughs> and that's how I got into it. And I ended up going hmm. to this appliance store that doesn't exist anymore. I remember when we had to buy them. <laughs> yeah. You, you, At a store. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go online yet because there was no online. 
Mm-hmm. And I went to the store and I remember ended up buying a uh, Performa 200 that had the five inch screen. And I bought an Apple wow. Style Writer black and white printer. Oh, and wow. They had yeah. the Performa 400, which I believe was a seven inch screen, I think. Huh. It was also color. And I said, oh. I don't need color. You know, this is this five inch screen is fine. And it had like a, a carrying handle in the back where you can put your hand so you could carry it from room to room wow. if you needed to. So I bought this thing and I still have the newspaper advertisement with the receipt. Really? And I can't remember. I, all I remember is that it was well over a thousand dollars, but I don't remember yeah. exactly how much it was. And I set it all up and I'm all excited. But of course, I have no clue. And it came with floppy disks. And it mm-hmm. came with, um, oh, Claris Works. I, mm-hmm. I think it was Claris Works. Most and it likely. Came, and it came with all these freebie kind of things. I mean, we're talking, how many years mm. ago is this? Almost 30 that years That was like ago. the original bloatware. Yeah. It just came with all this different stuff. And I remember every mm-hmm. time they had a sale, and I'd, I'd go back and go, hey, I just bought this two weeks ago, and now you're offering this for free, so they'd give me a disc. So I could. <laughs> and then I got all like Good into buying all these other di- – I mean, I bought all these things oh. that I never even needed. Um, one yeah. was uh, to make flyers that were trifold. <laughs> I don't know why I bought this stuff, yeah. but I did because I could. So yeah, the apps I ended- to me are like shoes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I-, I don't know why I bought those shoes. I'm never going to – I don't know. I wear them one time. But- <laughs> yeah, so I ended up buying programs like uh, Spellbound. Mm-hmm. was one which I would take the kids' spelling lists. They would, the way that worked in our schools, we'd get the list on Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they would have uh, – well, actually, they'd get the list on Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they would get different homework, like use the word in a sentence. Uh, or they would have um, – uh, what do you call them? The, um, the word way. search. The word search mm-hmm. where the teacher yep. would make up a word search and they would have to circle it. And there was other things that they would have to do. But what I would, and then Thursday night, they would study for their test for Friday. So what I would Mm -hmm. do is I would put the spelling words into Spellbound. And then Spellbound Mm -hmm. would give them all these different games with their spelling words. And they would, you know, it was, you know, your typical game where you did that same thing on my iPhone. And then I would Mm do, um, oh, what the heck was the name? It was the same company as Spellbound, which I can't remember the name, but it was a very well-known educational Uh company whose name escapes me. But they also had a game for math. And I can't Uh remember the name of it. But it was the same idea where they could do addition and then they'd move up to subtraction, then move up to multiplication and division and fractions and math blaster. That's what it was called. I was going to say math blaster. I was going to say that because I used that with my kiddos when I worked at the school. Yep. Yep. Math Mm -hmm. blaster so that they would, they would go through. And I remember my youngest, my youngest who got a perfect score on his uh, regents exams in math. He beat my husband. My husband got like an almost perfect score, but Sam, he Uh got a perfect score. And he was like this little, little kid. And he was like doing three grade levels ahead in math blaster because he, you know, it was a game. It was a video game. So they had a great time. But wow. what I did for me is I subscribed to, I don't know if you remember this magazine, because I'm still into magazines. I still would rather read a physical magazine than read it online. I like to hold mm-hmm. a magazine. I subscribed to Yahoo Internet Life. 
Do you remember that magazine? Uh-huh. I remember that one. Yep. As so I'd read all the articles and then I would, pull, I would pull out the back pages that had all the different websites because it would be, well, shopping <laughs> would be here. And, yeah. you know, because at this point you finally had internet. And uh-huh. um, I also got Mac Mac Home was a magazine uh-huh. and Mac World. I think I think once yep. every time I bought a Mac, Mac I, got like, I got a free year of Mac World or Mac Life or something. So I had subscriptions to I think all Mac these. Life. Or maybe it was Mac. It World. was called Mac I think Addict. It was Mac Life. It was Mac Addict, yes. and then yep. it turned mm-hmm. into Mac Life because I had subscriptions yeah, to that, all of them. That's and the I one loved, that I could read cover to cover. And I loved. I could never Mac finished Home. a magazine, but that one I could. I loved Mac Home, and then all of a yeah. sudden it just poof disappeared. Like, uh, I, like uh-huh. I got my subscription, and then I didn't. You know, it's like it just disappeared, <laughs> just like like fell <laughs> off the face of the earth. And that was my favorite one, Mac World. I didn't like the first few years because I found it to be very technical. It was almost mm-hmm. like it was for developers and like the people that were really into building computers and and programming mm-hmm. computers, not not people like us, not the general public. Industry professionals. And mm-hmm. then it finally kind of, I don't want to mm-hmm. say came down to our level, but it made it more... <laughs> you, it was more, more consumers. Yeah, it was more user-friendly. It was, it was better, mm-hmm. you know, then I could finally read it. And the way I got to know the computer wasn't because I took any classes. I just read the magazines and I kind of like followed along what they said to do. You know, when they had to... Remember they had the tutorials like how to use Photoshop, how to, um, you know, erase a background in Photoshop, do this, do this, do that. And I would just follow along. But the way that I learned how to use the computer is I opened every folder on the Mac. And I said, okay, what's in this one? And I kissed it open, and then I'd open the next one and open the next one. And I'd go all the way into the folder structure. Oh, okay. So if I want to change the preference to this, I have to go to this. Okay. And then I'd close everything back up. And then I'd go (laughs) into a different folder. And that's how I learned. I just learned it by doing Mm -hmm. and just... And then try to remember how to get back to that point. Because remember, you could only have one window open at a time. When I bought my mm-hmm. Mac, it was System Seven Point Six. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you could, and you had that. Oh, what did they call it? The uh, the window shade. Oh wow! Yeah, that, where that you double click on it, would, yeah, and, uh-huh. and then the, the window would close, <laughs> yep. and then you'd open mm-hmm. it back up again. All these different things are like pouring back into my head right now uh-huh that's extensions how you, that's, that's how yeah mm-hmm. you had the, yeah you had the extensions and hold on your shift key <laughs> yeah to turn them on and turn them off and then mm-hmm. you had that little control bar at the bottom if mm-hmm. you wanted to do things. control strip yes control strip so that's mm-hmm. how i learned how to do things it's like okay how come my printer isn't working okay let me go check here let me go check here ah this yeah is, i call it tinkering yeah okay this is the problem <laughs> i didn't turn this extension on or I need mm. to do this before I do that. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. how I learned is just mm. by doing. And for whatever reason, I am, I am not a logical person. I am a right brain person, not a left brain person. I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mm-hmm. logical, you know, uh, engineering kind of a person. I took mechanical drawing when I was in 12th grade. I got yep, out of I that because the teacher liked <laughs> me, you know, mm-hmm. and I tried and I tried. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I went back to school in 2007 and I took programming, what you're supposed to do, I took Java. And what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do is here's your problem. This is what you have to build in your code. So what you have to do is, like on a piece of paper, write out the steps. Okay, okay. so I need to learn how to uh, you know, open a bank account. Okay, so 
first I have to do this, then I have to do this, then I have to do that. Nope, not me. I just jump in and start mm. writing code. Because <laughs> right. that's yeah. how I do everything. I just jump right in. I don't read the directions. <laughs> when I get something new, I don't read the directions. Yeah. If yeah. I get, you know, it's read like, I just jump in. And then if I can't read the manual, it, if I have to, have to figure it out, I go to help and go, okay, how do I do this? Okay, now I keep on yeah. moving. I can't be bothered reading the manual or reading the directions. I just jump right in. Which is probably, and it should be intuitive, yeah. Which is probably just why I'm sense. such a bad cook because I don't read the directions. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I hate recipes. I'm I know like, people yeah. love their damn recipes, but I can't stand recipes. Yeah, I'm just. A, but that basically that is how I, how I did things when um, my older son can't take care of anything. So for him, we always got him used Windows computers on eBay, mm-hmm. and he kept, <laughs> makes sense. He kept breaking the screen. So one day I just said, you know, I went on eBay for like $50 or something. I got a new screen. And then I had to take his entire computer apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> because because really what you're getting is not just a screen. You're Basically, you're getting the whole top lid. Yeah. But in order to get that lid, you had to take the keyboard out. You had to like take, you basically were stripping surgery. the computer. And it was yeah, a Dell computer. Digital surgery. And so what I did is I found the directions online. So I had my computer on the floor next to his computer. And it probably took me an hour and a half. But I took everything apart and laid everything out. And then I put it back together again. And bam. And isn't it so satisfying? I was so proud of myself. Like, this is not me. But it is. Yeah. Yeah, And I had to do it twice for him. Now you can't Uh do that anymore. But. Yeah, I miss that. I mean, I, really I miss you that. know, I I put RAM and you know I replaced the hard drive in my computer. I put RAM in my computer, and it's funny because I you know I I install the cable in this house when we have to swap out the DVR when we still had cable TV. I would swap everything out and get that set up. Anything technology wise. I do. Uh-huh. And my husband just stares at me. You know, when he gets a new phone, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, I tell him, I go, back up your phone. And I just get this blank right. look. I'm like, plug your phone right. into your computer, back it up to we iTunes. Have, and he just stares at common. me again. And then I'm like, okay, just just get out of the way. Yeah. Just, just get out of me. the way. <laughs> right. And can I take I, care of it. it? Well, he had to get a new phone in yeah. February, I think it was. We got him an, um, an iPhone mm-hmm. SC because his phone was just battery wasn't holding a charge anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just said, okay, give me your phone. And I ordered it online for him. And when he came home from work that night, I said, back everything up to iCloud. This is where you do it. Back everything up to your computer. Showed him how to do that. I, was like, I said, now go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> and I went to his computer and I switched everything and I got everything. And then he, would st- and then he stands over my shoulder and he looks at me. And I uh-huh. always have to uh-huh. say, turn around and go, get yeah, yeah, right. away from me. <laughs> If I right. need you, I will call you. And then when uh-huh. everything is all set, I give him his phone and I said, we have to send this old phone back because I traded in with Apple. I said, but use it for a day. Make sure everything is working. Make sure all your passwords are working. Make sure everything is working. Well, why wouldn't everything be working? I don't know. That's why you're going to test it. And if everything right. is good, I'm going to wipe out your phone and restore it to factory settings and I'm going to send it back yep. to Apple. And then I get that glazed over, glazed over <laughs> eyes. Like, just... Right. Don't worry about it. I'll take care yeah. of it. <laughs> That's called trust, man. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, you know, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I listen to you tell the same these stories and I always think I feel so much the same. Like, like we both, 
you and I both kind of have this disdain for cooking. <laughs> I always laugh when, what did, what did you say the one time I said something about, um, I said, when I, when I'm ready to cook something, I usually take the, the smoke alarm down because I know it's going to go off. And you said, no, I leave it up. Cause that's how I know that the dinner's done. <laughs> I put everything on high and walk away. And, and, and if you, you know, and I if could anyone, burn water. and if any, I have, I, <laughs> I don't remember what I was made. I was making, I don't remember what I was making, but I walked away and then I came back. I'm like, oh, the water burned out. <laughs> it just so all funny. cooked out. <laughs> and and he, of course, of course, he's looking at me like, oh my God. I said, this is your fault. He goes, how's it my fault? I said, you let me cook. You know better. Well, yeah. Yeah. You and for, for me, I think I'm enabled because I, I used to briefly, I did enjoy t- cooking just, just for a short amount of time, but for most of my life, I, I think it's just I'm enabled. I'm, I'm, I won't use the word spoiled because I, I think that's kind of sexist. But I've been enabled because I've just either been raised by men or picked men or dated men that enjoyed cooking. So pff, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. They're gonna feed me, right? <laughs> why Why would you argue with that? But I, it's just there's something like when when Nate and I first got married, it wasn't that we never really fell into like tra- you know quote unquote traditional roles. But you know I would cook things. We would kind of cook together, but. I don't know. There was just something about he just sort of like took over it. And, and I didn't want to get in his way because it was something that he enjoyed. It's just something that brings him joy. And he loves recipes and he loves trying new things out. And my waistline is proof of that. <laughs> I'm very well loved. That, and that's just it. I think that, that that is his love language. And that's just kind of how it, how it goes. But, but I'm kind of enabled. So, yeah, I mean, I will do stupid stuff like burn rice and things like that. Things that are, that are so simple, I will screw it up. And I think it's just because I'm enabled and I, I just don't enjoy it. I just I hate it. Just it just doesn't. It doesn't yeah, bring I, me joy. I hate cooking. I don't mind going to the grocery store. I have to go tomorrow. <laughs> that doesn't bother me when, when, when my middle son, Shane, when he Oh, see, so it, it does me because he's picky. Like, I, I always have. It would take me forever pre-COVID be, when, when I would actually go physically in the grocery store. I would It would take me forever because I would have to take a picture and text him. Is this the kind you want? Because, like, you know, and finally I said we, we started using an app. I was like, put the brand that you want in there and, you know, tell me or take a picture of it. Tell me exactly what it is that you want. It was just uh, maddening. But I, but I have to laugh because you know we, we we like I said we we kind of share this dis, this disdain for cooking and yet to hear us talk about our love for geeking and teching and you know like doing things for our husbands and our children I, I always just keep saying that, that that is modern day homemaking like that's that's what it can mean to at least for people like us to be a homemaker or to be you know a devoted spouse that you do these things like just give me your phone just I'll just take care of it you know my kids and, my kids don't live with me and they still call mom uh-huh I ran out of iCloud space what do I do I said yeah that'll buy, be me I said buy some <laughs> well how do uh-huh. I do that I do that when you come I over, do that for my yeah, parents. I'm yeah, my parents when you come support. over, we'll take mm-hmm. care of it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I've given them all ten dollar gift cards. Like here, put this on mm-hmm. your account. This will cover you for the year. <laughs> you know. Oh. So do you remember like growing up? Do you remember watching sitcoms like I'll just you know say maybe like Judy Cleaver, you know, Leave It to Beaver, like sitcoms where it it kind of portrayed this the mother and the wife as the homemaker and the woman you know who did the laundry and did the dishes and did the cooking like did all these things and you know had a smile on her face and her nails painted and you know all this stuff and like that's those were the expectations of the time and. You know, in some cases, I don't know, maybe it still is a bit of the expectation, but that's where I think that you and I kind of break the mold a little bit because now we're the ones that that our way of homemaking is by 
fixing someone's iPhone or, you know, getting them new iCloud storage or taking apart an entire computer to, to disassemble it and then reassemble it and put it back together and fix it and make it work. And, you know, our nails are painted or, <laughs> you know what I mean, just, maybe not mine, but, well, but yours are. Just, just got pretty mine done nails. the other day. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's just funny. Like if you could picture like the, the Judy Cleaver type of the, the stereotype, if you will, but then picture her like, you know, wielding a screwdriver and, you know, some thermal paste. And <laughs> like I talked about last time, a, a keyboard keycap puller you know, in, in the other hand or in our, in our apron pocket, like that would be me. That's kind of how I how I view myself as this modern day homemaker, and like this is the kind of stuff that I do, and I do I, I enjoy this like way more than cooking, and you know oh, I still enjoy hours. ironing and things like that, but yeah, housework just ugh. Well, housework is like so low on the bottom, you know, so low on my list because I look at it this way: if you take apart, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, you're not going to look back at your life and say, "But my house was so clean." Mm, you're going to look back and you're going to talk. You're going to think about the books that you read and the people that you hung out with and the places that you've traveled and the paintings that you did and, you know, how you helped or the people, people you made happy yeah, the people with that the you things that you fixed with and helped with. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to worry about, but my floor was so clean and my bathroom <laughs> sparkled. I don't care. There's Photoshop for dirty floors. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, <laughs> it's not like, that out. It's, it's not that our houses are dirty. It's just that I'm not worried about it's Monday, I have to dust. You know, I look down and go, yeah, I think it's time to dust. And I will. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my bathrooms are always clean. My kitchen is always clean. My laundry is always done. Yeah, because it just, it needs to get done you know, when it, and and it, it gets, gets done when it done. needs to get It gets done, but it's not like I live to have a sparkling toilet. You know, it's it's just not my, I would rather be in front of my computer. You know, something we're going to talk about in a future episode is I'm going to be going back onto Ancestry to work on teaching my genealogy. I would much rather spend time finding out about my family mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. worrying about, the you know, cooking. You know, I make, mm-hmm. I, I do whatever, like even today we had, you know, pre-made <laughs> spare ribs and like everything was like, pre-made you know so it was easy to cook <laughs> and it was easy to clean up afterwards and everybody got fed yeah and we got fed it, it's just I would just rather <laughs> do something like this I mean when when Shane moved out my middle son the first thing people said to me is who's going to cook for you uh, because he, he, do loved, he loved uh, he at well at one point in his life uh-huh. he wanted to be a chef so uh-huh. he loved doing all the cooking so I'm like okay you tell me what you're making for dinner this week and I'll go to the store and buy it yeah, I could see that happening with Lucian. He's he's starting. It, it just could be like an influence thing because he knows his dad loves to cook. And I think he wants to, you know, learn the kind of things that daddy does. Yeah, they so love I watching the cooking shows. My husband watches the um, Chopped on uh-huh. Food Network. Shane watches all the stuff. I'm like, really? No, no, no. Don't think so. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch it because then I just get hungry. No, I just, like, and- I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I just. I don't watch any of that stuff. I mean, I listen to technology, po- but then I'm listening right. to technology podcasts. And if he walks in yeah. when I'm listening, he's like, what's this? I'm like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> go away. <laughs> You're speaking some other language. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So for so, some reason, So you would say you enjoy it. So when it comes to technology, it's something that brings you joy. Yeah. I mean, when we go on vacation, which we don't do anymore, but when we're planning mm-hmm. a cruise or if we're going to plan uh, a trip somewhere... What I what the way the way it works out? I'm I'm very if you haven't figured it out I'm very type A, and mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> need too. I need to be in charge. 
So what I do is, okay, like when we went to Aruba about four years ago, I did all the, I said, okay, well, this is, I looked at the hotel and I looked at the airfare and I came up with different things. And I said, okay, if we go from these dates and we take this airlines and we stay at this hotel, this is how much it's going to cost. And he's just, okay. You know, when we Mm -hmm. cruise, I'll say, you know, same thing. We can take this cruise line. It'll have this itinerary. Here are the dates. This is the price on this one. Which, which one do you like better? And I'll go, I like the first one better. Okay. The same thing when we do when we buy a car, I do all the research. Mm-hmm. I go test drive yep, the cars too. and I give him a choice of two. These are his cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're replacing mm-hmm. his car. I'll say, okay, mm-hmm. I like this car and this car, but it's your car, so you pick. And yeah, that's that's what I love about it because my husband seems to just trust me implicitly like that. He's like, I, I've seen you do the research. I know you work really hard exactly. at it and I trust exactly. that you can make a good decision because he's so busy with so many other things, well, you know, exactly. and I just think. That's what you do. Because my husband works, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week. So Mm -hmm. like when a refrigerator dies, I'll go to the store. Usually he'll just say to me, buy whatever you want. But I Mm -hmm. normally I'll pick something and I'll send him a picture of it. And I'll say, okay, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. do you think of this one? It's this amount of money. It's, you know, they can deliver it Thursday. And he'll go, do you like it? Buy it. (laughs) He He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. But I, something like that, a major purchase, I want to run a pet. Because he knows that you care. Because he knows I did the research because he knows I'm not mm-hmm. paying a ridiculous amount of money. I'm not going to pay $1,000 for something that I can get $800 somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Because I research things to death. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think it's it's really crucial. I think, it, you you know, especially if you, you know, money is an object to you. If it's not an object to you, then great. I guess you don't really have to think about it. And if it breaks you just buy another one but you know for for people like us it's like you got to think about these things it's a it's a lot of money that you're spending i mean i i agonize over the tube of uh, the cost of a tube of toothpaste you know if, if the, well why is this one twelve dollars and why is this one only four dollars well you know i mean you do get what you pay for but i do believe that some things are just overpriced and you wouldn't know that unless you actually do do the research i mean he laughs so, at me because i'll say well i bought this but then i went through groupon and i got it for this much cheaper or i used rakuten and i got 10 percent back and he just yep. laughs he goes only you i'm like mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> i well, love it and i love finding if it's, deals if it's like out that. there or ibotta i've got like close to 200 dollars that yeah. i've gotten back by using ibotta and, he, and I, you know uh-huh. because of that i get apple gift cards which i use to renew apple um music which mm-hmm. is coming up soon so i figure if it's out there, I'm going to use them. Yeah, it's 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 crucial. I, I think it's really important to research everything and find out what the options are. I mean, that's what it's about is is knowing what your options are to make an educated, informed decision. I think that's just the most important thing to, that we can do with technology. So let me ask you, do you think that people will come to have a greater appreciation for analog things now that we have so much technology in our lives. I mean, we do, like you and I do, we use technology for just about everything. But there's also, like you said, you know, magazines, you like to touch a physical object like that or books or things like that. So you still have a lot of that in your life. But is there something that you feel like you might appreciate more in the analog world now that, especially in like, Days like now, like like I'm talking about education and, and teaching and things that we used to do, analog, paper worksheets, that sort of thing. Do you think that we're going to have a, a new appreciation now that a lot of people are kind of forced to have to use technology? I mean, you and I enjoy it. We don't get frustrated with it like other people do. But a lot of people, they're not they're not doing okay. You know what I mean? They're, they're being forced to use this stuff. And I just wonder, 
there there may come a time in the future where you know things will ease up and we'll be we'll never going to be able to go back to normal normal or the way that it was it's it's going to be forever changed but hopefully at some point in time it'll be changed for the better and we'll we'll learn and we'll grow from this but i wonder if people will start to say gosh you know i had to use a computer and i had to use a glowing screen to perform this essential function in my life and boy do i miss you know a book or you know a this or a that something that i could touch something that i could hold I just I wonder if people See, are gonna I, I think have gonna a newfound be, appreciation. I think it's gonna be the opposite. I think people are gonna okay. realize how much better it is to do everything online. You don't have to waste all that paper printing oh, yeah, things yeah, sure. out. Um, mm-hmm. I, but there, there, it may end up being a happy medium. It might be mm-hmm. well, we're still gonna do things digitally, but certain things like maybe taking a test will mm-hmm. still be done in the classroom on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's really going to be, it, it's oh, just oh. interesting to watch it play out. You know, I, I, what I worry about is as much as I like technology, you know, we, we like it, we see the value in it. Like you just mentioned, you know, saving paper, um, it's more, it could be considered more sustainable. It's kinder on the environment. In a lot of cases, I mean, there's, it's a, it could be a, just a better way to do things and also a more efficient way to do things. But because people are being forced to do it, I'm hearing people kind of demonizing it. You know, they're, they're instead of saying, you know, the child is, is sitting in front of a computer or the child is using an iPad or using a computer, they say things like the kid is, and I, and I catch myself doing it too. They're plunked in front of a little box, a little glowing box. You know, it, it does kind of resemble a light box in a way that they're, they're having to stare at this bright, you know, lit up screen. And I do, I do really like I said before, I'm really concerned about the amount of time that they're spent sitting and what that's going to do to our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health. So there's going to be re- reper- repercussions for being thrust into this way of life. And I, that's what I'm going to be probably focusing on in the future is like ways to kind of combat that. Like when we check in, you know, how are we doing? Where are we at with distance learning? Those are things that I'm going to be looking at in the future to think about. Are we practicing good posture? Are we, you know, the little mindfulness exercise that I that I went through? Are we practicing mindfulness? Are we taking care of our mental health or emotional health or physical health in addition to learning this new way of life and learning technology? You know, maybe that's that's what we need to do to achieve that happy medium, like you said, so that things aren't so black and white, that they're not just, you know, oh, I just I hate this. I can't, you know. I really, really miss, you know, physical books and this is really the best way to do it. Or, you know, if we, if we find ways to deal with it so that it's not so stressful, then that's how we get to that happy medium of if we're taking care of all the physical needs, emotional needs, mental needs, then it's not a stress and it doesn't become demonized in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, part of the problem with the books is, as you know, some schools have history books that only go up to Richard Nixon. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you've got the problem, problem there. If you have mm-hmm. a digital book, it can always be updated so that when mm-hmm. a new president is elected, you've got information about the new president or if, you know, any other kind of milestone happened or just, you know, just things that happened so that the kids now can at least get at worst up to 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, yeah, so many maybe things just have to change. You know, along maybe they with can't the get 2019 and 2020 into that, but because it's digital, mm-hmm. they can keep adding. And if they found that there's mistakes mm-hmm. in the book, those mistakes need to be fixed or deleted. You can't do that when you've got a physical book, and those books cost right. a fortune. Yeah, 
then and, there's that too. That's why I said sustainable because some of the things just they're not sustainable. Yeah. So then, but then on the other hand, because being a Libra here, I can see twelve sides of every story. Uh huh. <laughs> That's important. But then the other problem is when you have it digitally. Take it from one who's been there. My eye vision went to went to hell because I was taking my classes all online. So everything mm-hmm. I was reading, everything I was, well, my work was all done on the computer, and that did a number on my eyes. So even that, if you have really a Kindle mm-hmm. or an iPad so that you can mm-hmm. read your history book or your English book, you know, your textbook for school, you have to walk away a little bit. It's not, it's harder mm-hmm. on the eyes than it is reading a textbook. So yeah. you have to I think find eye that, health is really important. You have to find that balance between what's the most economical, what's the most efficient, as you like to say, <clears throat> versus mm-hmm. what's going to do damage to your eyes. And mm-hmm. then you, which mm-hmm. mean, and in turn, you start to get headaches and mm-hmm. dry eyes. And, you know, I think a Kindle is yeah, I've been using eye drops Yeah, a I lot think a Kindle lately. is a lot better in that respect. My eyes don't mm-hmm. hurt using a Kindle versus using right. an iPad for too long of a period. There's definitely something to be said for the way, and we talk about this a lot all the time, and we'll continue to talk about it because of this and because it's so important, that there's so much to be said for the way a product is designed that is it ergonomic, is it body-friendly, you know, is it is it going to harm you in some way because of the way that it's designed? And I, and I really think that that's an important thing to evaluate, you know, even just like, like I said before, I mean, I, I hate to, to, to beat on the, the schools and, and the lack of money spent and stuff, but these little Chromebooks, they're so tiny and they're really not body friendly. They're, they're just, they're horrible to sit and work at, which is why, even though I know that we have to use them, we, we have to pay for them too. Like they're issued, they have to take their tests on them. I, I get that. I'll accept that. I also accept the fact that I want my kids to be versatile. I want them to be able to use different operating systems and and be able to figure stuff out. I think that's the way that you do that, not by pigeonholing them and making them use one specific kind of thing. As much as I love my Apple stuff, I still want them to learn other operating systems and how to do things on other devices. But then also, you know, come back to, okay, well, this is why we choose this Apple device, because it is more body friendly that I prided myself. And this is back to this, you know, modern day homemaking. I prided myself on creating workspaces for my kids that and it, and it's not all it's not to say that it'll stay that way. But I'm I'm watching and I'm evaluating. And I'm looking about their posture and how they're sitting. And, you know, because I mean, my body's I, I live with a chronic illness. So I'm constantly thinking about ways to be more comfortable. But those are the kinds of things I'm looking at is, you know, how are they using the devices? How are they using the technology? And how is it impacting them? And what what things can we do to combat that so that they can use technology healthier and not make it make things worse? You know, it's like I don't want it to be um, I don't want it to create more problems than it solves. Right. So make it make it work for you and not the other way around. And don't let it don't let it create additional problems that you can't solve down the line. So, yeah, moisturize your eyes, sit up straight, take deep breaths, take breaks, eat the right foods. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that's going to be solved this school year. It's going to take some yeah, time. Sure. And hopefully teachers are taking notes and school districts are taking notes about what's working, what isn't working. What are the parent feedback? What are the kids' feedback? What are the teachers' feedback? Mm-hmm. And and try right, to put right now. I think they together. have. Right now, they're overwhelmed, and so even if you do give yeah. them feedback, they probably don't have yes, time to read but it. Just when yet. you get but... to the point, which <laughs> yeah. hopefully there'll be a COVID vaccine where the kids can go back mm-hmm. to school 
and, you know, be like, you know, as much as possible as it was where the kids go to school in the morning, they come home in the afternoon, they have math, English and social studies, and they have gym and music and art and eat their lunch. And just like it was before, mom and dad might be at work and the kids go to after school daycare and then, you know, play football, play sports, you know, go out for mm-hmm. recess. Just and those everything. those are the kinds of things that I think people will have gained a new appreciation for like, oh, I missed this so much, you so know, hopefully and we'll get back to that point, probably not until 2021. But hopefully we will get back to that point. And maybe they can take some of the things that they've learned from working online, and kind of incorporate it into the in school learning, and try to find that happy medium where they can take the best of both worlds. Or even to take it a step further, they can they can take the things they've learned and and see and realize how much more efficient it could be and it frees them up to maybe bring back more recess or something you know like oh it used to take this long to do this thing well now we're getting it done quicker because we're utilizing these tools and now we have like 5 minutes you know we save 5 minutes that's 5 minutes we could tack on a recess you know some, something like that it just I, that's what i would like i mean to when see. you were talking about open health it brought me back to when my mm-hmm. oldest son was in 4th grade I remember going to the open house and the teacher saying, okay, in science, we have to cover this, 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 and this. And in social studies, we have to do this, 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 and this. And New York State said that we have to add this, 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 and this. And someone said, well, what are you taking away? And she goes, nothing. We have to Mm. add all these things on to an already tight curriculum. There isn't enough time. And the problem is the whole up, whether you're in kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, the teachers have to teach so much that when a they child so says, I have a question, I don't understand, the teacher says, then you come after school and talk to me. And there's been mm-hmm. times, especially when it's something like English or social studies, where a student asks a question that kind of goes off on a tangent, but would make an interesting conversation because it still relates to the overall topic. Mm-hmm. The teacher would love to have this discussion, especially because yeah. the kids are engaged, but he can't. Because it's because of that teaching to the time test. It's the because benchmark. Because they have 40 pages they have to cover today. And mm-hmm. if they stop for this discussion, they're only going to cover 25. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of the problem with teaching, with mm-hmm. you know the way things are now. So as you're saying, they can save that five minutes doing it a different way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's five minutes that maybe they can yeah. let a child ask a question. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So... It's probably time to wrap up for today. We went a little longer than we anticipated, but that's okay. <laughs> we hope that's you enjoyed it's it. It's interesting. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed listening. We would love to get your feedback. You can reach us at podcast at com or on social media, which when Melissa does our, as John F. Braun says, the <laughs> lovingly, how does he call it? The lovingly, cre- lovingly, lovingly crafted show notes. That's, I think that's how I like to think of it. I Lovingly handcrafted show notes. He refers to it on the Mac Geek Gab. So you'll have all our contact information on there for social media. And again, the address is podcast at geekiestshowever.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, do you have children in school? Let us know how your kids are making out. So, Or are you a teacher and you want to give us some feedback and you know tell us what you're doing? Yeah, we would love to hear from you. So... Until the next episode, everyone take care of yourself and stay safe. And thanks for listening.
Hey, Gaz, do you like apples? Yes, I love coxes because they're hard and juicy. Huh? Do you mean what I think you mean? Yeah, coxes pipping apples. They come from Somerset, Guy. Everyone knows that. But we're talking about the MyMac.com podcast. It's been around since 2004. Oh, I see. That type of apple. Exactly. You can find it in iTunes. Talk to us from Twitter or Facebook. Or call us on our Skype number, which is... 703-436-9501. There. Said it before you could. 